Thank you for tuning in to the First Gen Hunter Podcast, the go-to resource for those seeking to establish a foundation in hunting knowledge, skills, and tactics. Well, I'm finally back from probably the longest hiatus I've had from releasing a new episode here on the podcast, but don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, life may be a little bit uh, tough to adjust to right now. Got it, you know, of course, you know, same same excuses. We've got a new baby in the house, my wife's back to work, and I'm starting to figure out what the new schedule looks like for our family for now and uh <laughs> it has gotten a lot harder to get editing done when you always have a baby in one of your arms but it's a great time of bonding with her and uh, of course great time with my other kids as well and uh the other reason though that i've been kind of away is i'm trying to sop up as much as i can from this shed season shed season will be ending soon the green up is um is just coming on full till right now here at this latitude and uh you know we've had some pretty chilly days to kind of you know slow it down a little bit but really once you get above freezing and you start getting uh, more daylight hours the green up really just starts to pick up and uh that means that sheds are going to be really hard to find here soon. And if you think you got a good hammer laying out in the field somewhere, you'd be wise to get out there quick because old McDonald's going to be back out and uh, planting his field here soon. And uh, he might beat you to that shed or his tractor tire might beat you to that shed. And that could get you in all kinds of trouble. You know, the farmer thinks that you're uh, slacking and uh, not protecting his tires well enough. You, you might lose your permission to somebody else. Well, I got to be careful here. You guys know it. I could just start getting carried away with talking about shed hunting. So I'm going to go ahead and shift gears now. And uh, I'm super excited about this episode. We're actually going to classify this as a hunt therapy episode because I am joined in this episode by the two most frequently featured guests on the show. That would have been a great trivia question right there. That would have been like a great giveaway trivia question. Oh, well lost opportunities you know next time whatever i don't know anyways the two most featured guests are mr noel gandy the always entertaining always insightful always the uh, great t-shirt phrase creator <laughs> mr noel gandy of buck ventures the woodsman and his good friend the, and and a good friend of this show we got to know this guy because of noel that would be Mr. Heath Rayfield, also of Buck Ventures, the Woodsman. And they have joined me on this episode to talk about their 2021 deer season. The deer season that just, boy, I hope you repeat it, Heath. I really do. But I don't know, man. Tagging six bucks in one season, yes. You don't need to clean your ears, everybody. You heard that right. Well, maybe you do need to clean your ears. But you did hear that correctly. Six bucks. Heath tagged this year. He's going to tell us about the, how this un, this just incredible season unfolded for him. And then Noel had no slouch of a season himself, tagging a beautiful old Iowa mature buck. 
getting to see his son Charlie tag uh, what probably would have been a future uh, world record if he uh, was allowed to live older than two and a half. <laughs> Sorry, Noel. I know. Salt in the wound, buddy. But uh, <laughs> that's just how good of a dad Noel is. But uh, we'll get to hear about that. We'll get to hear about Noel living life behind the camera and picking up a pretty spectacular match set of sheds that go along with his target buck coming into the 2022 deer hunting season we talk about so much more though than just these things you're not going to want to miss it thank you so much for tuning in for this milestone episode episode number 85 we're only 15 away from hitting the century mark and i couldn't think of a better way to mark that event than by being joined by these two fine gentlemen so thank you so much for tuning in please don't forget to check out the sponsor of this show spartan forge there is not a better outdoor company on the market people you need to check out spartan forge and you need to get help from them through their app telling you when is the best time to be in that tree stand because we can't be there all the time we got families we got work we got vacations that have nothing to do with deer hunting yeah i know crazy we got those Saturday weddings for our uh, co-worker's daughter or whatever, right? We got all these things that help keep us out of the woods, whether we like it or not. So then when we are going to get that chance to be in the woods, we got to maximize it. Spartan Forge helps you get it done. And also, before shed season wraps up, Spartan Forge can also help you unlock access to some private property by getting on there and using the mapping feature, looking to see who the landowner is, getting in contact with them, and starting to build that shed pile. There's so many good things that you can get from Spartan Forge. I've been using it, man, every day. Every day, people, I am on Spartan Forge. So make sure you get there. Make sure you get signed up, subscribe to it, and start finding out what Spartan Forge can do for your upcoming deer season. All right, without any further ado, here we go. Episode 85 of the First Gen Hunter Podcast, presented by Spartan Forge. One of the biggest, I guess, side benefits of hosting your own podcast, besides editing, being able to edit what you say and make yourself sound a lot smarter, a lot more articulate, uh, that I don't stammer and stutter as much as you guys actually do know that I do. (laughs) But besides that, is getting to meet all of these incredible people. And in fact, I would say that most people kind of fall into two different tracks of connection uh one tract would be like the guys that you know i you you might hear on the podcast once and maybe we don't get around to talking to them again yet i say yet because who knows what could come up down the road and but it's still great just to network with those guys you know and maybe talk about some mutual friends we have or whatever but then there's the group of guys that you keep hearing back on the show and um those are the guys that 
are just you like become friends with them and uh you uh, get to know them a little bit more beyond just uh doing a uh, podcast or two with them you really hit that connection and you just feel like you know you, you, what what they say back when back when we were young and cool they they become a brother from another mother right that's uh that that was a big phrase when i was in high school or junior high or something like that, I suppose. But uh, you get to meet those people that you just connect with. And I got two of those guys. In fact, I've been wanting to orchestrate this very meetup, this dynamic duo on one podcast <laughs> for a long time now. And what, who we got, you probably recognize the uh, familiar, the familiar cackle of our good buddy, old Noel Gandy from, uh, right here in my home state of Iowa. And uh, the guy that Noel introduced us to in a way, he told us to uh, start thinking about, and that would be Mr. Heath Rayfield. And so we got both Noel and Heath on the same call. You never know what's going to happen, but I would say this. If I was a deer or if I was a turkey, I would be very afraid right now to know that these two are... uh, (laughs) These two are on a podcast <laughs> together because, uh, man, do they see some tags filled year after year. And uh, it's just good to have them both here, and it's good to be talking to them again. So, Noel, Heath, thanks for coming on the show, guys. Glad to be here. Yeah, thanks, Kent. Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, Noel and I were joking around this morning when I I did our uh, double check to make sure tonight was going to work. And I said, sorry, Noel, I don't have a uh, Swamp Donkey burger to bait you in with for this. <laughs> oh, man, we need to make now, it back what, there. <laughs> I, I missed the On Location podcast. I'll tell you, that, those are my favorite. <laughs> oh, maybe too, maybe I need to be heightened on Swamp Donkey burger. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, Heath, you come here and hunt turkeys or deer with us sometime, and I will treat all of us to a a uh, swamp donkey burger to go with a live podcast for sure. I'll go on record saying that. So, the swamp. How do we describe the swamp donkey burger? No, I got to remember what all was on that thing. Oh, I can't. They've got the swamp donkey and the freak nasty. It's basically you order the burger and the sides that you want on it, and they put the sides own the burger and then give you different sides it's it's incredible it's this massive pile of delicious that it's uh it, it, let me tell you let me tell you this, yeah, it's fun while it's happening but on a car ride home it's, it's miserable <laughs> that is a very good that is a very good way to describe it the sides are on the burger yes that is true yeah. i'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure uh, Knowles had cheese curds on his, and I think mine had like fried pickles and bacon or something on mine, or or like uh, uh, I can't remember all that was on it, but that's exactly right. It was like the sides were on the burger, and it is delicious. But you're right. You start looking at that. You start <laughs> double checking that weight limit on your tree stand after you. Uh, oh my. <laughs> You eat one of those. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need, I don't need no help with that right now. Next time we're gonna to have to go get the, the swamp salad. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of eating the swamp donkey, you get to eat what the swamp donkey eats. <laughs> yeah. That's right. 
oh man turn straight herbivore uh, <laughs> next time you uh go there but yeah it's at a well, let's give the restaurant a little shout out the buck snort restaurant and uh, they got a few of them around so uh, you can't sneak in on uh where we're hunting too well you just gotta know that there's multiple locations out there but yeah man. we did the one out in california I that's think, right yeah are, i think i think yeah. that is where it is <laughs> yep big bucks you may not know that super easy place yeah. to you know California really rolls the red carpet out for hunters out there. It's a very <laughs> hunt friendly climate there in California. That's right. <laughs> oh man. No, we, uh, we always have a good time. Anytime, uh, Noel and I get together. And of course I learn so much from both of these guys and we're going to get into what exactly the season looked like for them last year. But, um, uh, before we do that, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, you know we're, yesterday was the first day of spring that being March twentieth. So the uh, here's a little science teacher nerd out for you here: the sun's most intense rays of light that hit our planet were hitting right down on the equator. It was our vernal equinox yesterday, and uh, we're officially out of winter. And um, I kicked it off in a good way today. I uh, got a cool little story to share there in a second. And uh, we're going to find out what exactly these two guys went up to. But I did want to point out as well, both of these guys have been on the show multiple times. And, um, you know, just to kind of like we were joking around before the, the podcast, I think they're the two most featured guests on the podcast. And, you know, I thought you guys were tied, but then I remember Noel did a Christmas special for us in our very first year. I that, did the Christmas special. That's right. That's right. So maybe that counts as two. I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, that well, makes I sense. Do, I have to do either a Halloween or a Thanksgiving special then. <laughs> <laughs> you can talk about the the turkey extinction in North and South Carolina uh, when you can do a Thanksgiving one for us, Heath. <laughs> for as many of the birds you make flop down there. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but no that that I think uh, Noel is at number one with four four uh, interviews on the podcast. So uh, he's doing he's doing something right in my book, that's for sure. And so is Heath. And so. Uh, We look forward to this conversation tonight, but let's go back to springtime, guys. How did you two hunting addicts, such as myself, how did you guys survive the long winter after uh, deer season ended? And, uh, you know, you're just kind of in that that zone of, you know, a lot of people hunker down. Did you guys get out and do any shed hunting? Did you mess with any tree stands to beat the summer heat? Mess with any trail cameras? What'd you guys do? No, we'll, we'll start with you because you're you're closest to me. <laughs> yeah, um, I guess season ended first after the first week or so of January uh, here in in Iowa. Of course, I, I hunted up until the last day had to, and um, I enjoyed that next few days after season was over. I enjoyed mm-hmm. riding some some back roads and just checking fields. Oh, nice! Right in that witching hour, that yeah. was so much fun to me because um, you know you're used to sitting in the stand or in the blind and you see what you see, but uh, the deer started congregating again at that time. So I really got to take an inventory of the neighborhood. And see, I actually saw several deer that I thought I was hunting, you know, and they were a mile away. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so that, uh, that that proved fruitful a day late, a dollar short. But regardless, man, I saw a couple of just hammers on a neighboring farm that they were there three days in a row, something like that. Out wow. East. So got some good, got some good inventory in, in that regard. Uh, but, um, after, <laughs> after deer season ends, uh, and he's probably the same way. I, I know he is. In fact, we, uh, I, I spend a lot of time at home and with my family and mm. back at the church, uh, go to the office actually, <laughs> uh, some days and, you know, things like that, uh, ended up getting into, uh, I've done quite a bit of traveling the past few weeks, uh, going and done a couple of weddings and a wedding and going and done some work for buck ventures last week down in oklahoma so uh been out shed hunting just a time or two uh i left our i left my stealth camera um cell cameras on clear up until well i still got a couple going but uh most of them until last week uh because i wanted to see keep the tabs on the deer sure if they had their antlers or not i didn't want to run into my property because it's so small and scaring the deer off if they were still carrying their antlers. Yeah, yeah, that's so I waited until I, I waited until I noticed they were gone. Uh, pumped a ton of feed. You can feed in Iowa after season. Sure. So uh, I've been pumping pumping loads of feed, trying to uh, help the deer recover. Do you feel like that feeding helped with uh, your shed hunting this year? Because uh, I don't want to, you know, spoiler alert here, but you found a pretty special set that you were after. Um I think it was just last yeah, week. That was in, yeah, that was intentional. I, I fed, I feed every year, just especially if it was a uh, tough winter, which this year wasn't. But because, in my opinion, if you can help deer recover from winter quicker before spring green up, then they can use that time to actually pack on like antler, you know, yeah. and the does can pack, the does can pack in nutrients to feed fawns and things like that. So if we can help them recover quicker. But I feed in certain places with hopes that they will drop antlers close by. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, the place that I found that uh, it was actually the set of antlers, and they were pretty close to each other, uh, off the deer that I was hunting pretty exclusively this year. Uh, they were within 75 yards, 100 yards of the feed station. So oh, it, kind of, wow. it worked how we meant for it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was awesome to see that you were able to pick those up, and that was a really impressive match set too. I mean, just a couple of hammers, so that was that, that's yeah. good that that paid off. So there's a couple of little hidden tips in there. You know, maybe consider doing some of that late season feed, or maybe plant, maybe do one of your food plots in a late season mix of, of some sort, you know, brassicas or something, something that might keep a little bit longer. I don't know if it'll make it all the way till till uh, March with all that snow and everything probably uh, rot under that, but I don't know, maybe leave some standing corn or standing soybeans, something like that. I think that, that there's a good tip there. And then the cell cam idea, that's awesome. That's brilliant. I've definitely heard of guys, you know, saying to put trail cameras out to help know when the, the deer are dropping, but a cell cam can help make sure that you're not putting that negative pressure on like Noel said. And, and, uh, when you go out to check the card and you're bumping deer, use that cell, that cell service to, to keep the low profile on the property. That's a good, good little tip there. So, you know, any more on social media, any more on social media or anything, you'll start seeing people in the January 1st of February 
first of February saying, oh, it's get out after those sheds. It's time to go shed hunting. My deer didn't drop till right. two weeks ago, so, something like that, <laughs> three weeks ago. Right. And so yeah. I didn't go and tr- trample up the woods uh, more than anything. I try to very, very careful how I enter the timber where I hunt. Um, so that was the point of that more than, you know, as much as anything. Sure. No, that's, I think that's smart. And, and, uh, yeah, you gotta be, I mean, you gotta, you gotta know what you're doing too, as far as it is a tough time of the year for the toughest time of the year, really, for especially bucks that have been running ragged during the, uh, uh, rut. And, uh, yeah, it's a good time of recovery. Now we're kind of fortunate here in Iowa where we got a lot of food on the ground, but especially like up North where you got yeah. a really hard winter and, and <laughs> you know, that's Heath, a, a, Heath, a shed, a shed antler. I know because I didn't learn this until I moved up from the south. A shed antler is when the deer's antlers fall off. You can actually go find them. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I know you can't do. I know you can't do that in South Carolina, North Carolina. I, I didn't it's know what that tough. was in Mississippi. <laughs> it's very tough around the shed. Now, very. I'm fortunate enough. I do find some. Uh, you know, I yeah. picked up this year, but. Generally, it's, you know, we've got so many food plots down there where I work at. And, you know, obviously, I'm talking about what I'm doing after winter or after deer season, Ken. It's actually some of my busiest time of the year at work. We're quail hunting. Oh, know, yeah, that's true. And, I mean, we're, we, we honestly done more quail hunts this year than I can ever remember. Um Wow. I mean, it was days a week, and I would do out of those six days, there was three or four of them days that I would hunt morning and afternoon. Wow. Um, <laughs> so, uh, my life was pretty much either at Buchanan, and then I came home, um, you know, and hung out with the family. So I didn't shed hunt a whole bunch. I was kind of like Noel, too. You know, I left some cameras up, and believe it or not, I actually had a half rack deer last week on camera still he had wow. half a rack still wow uh which kind of odd but you know there'd be an afternoon where if i had a morning hunt uh, i could kind of skip out for the afternoon and i didn't look hard i'd walked enough during the morning so i didn't walk a whole bunch i'd just kind of ride around and check some of the food plots you know and if i found one laying in the food plots fine i did but then uh other than that, you know, obviously, yes, I have started feeding all my deer. As soon as the season was over, I uh, freshened up all my mineral sites and filled up all my protein feeders because I do not run the protein feeders during hunting season. Hmm. Um, that's me. That's my preference. We can here in South Carolina. We can run feed year-round. It doesn't matter. But I do not run my protein feeders now I'll put I may put corn in them, but I don't you know put my mix of stuff that I put in it until after the season and run it during the off season. Sure. Well. And then of course you know now here we are like I said we're I'm fixing to get amped up and start turkey hunting. So yeah, as well, of tomorrow. Yeah, I was gonna say now when do you get to start? It's tomorrow. Yeah, you southern guys. <laughs> that is awesome though. Uh this past this weekend, Saturday, Sunday was youth weekend. And okay. uh I tell you, 
We actually, me and, I mean, my little seven-year-old was a trooper this, this weekend. He was bound and determined. Didn't matter what it took. We was going to hunt as long as it took, and we was going to kill a turkey. And we gave it 110%. And <laughs> if you would have asked me Friday night going into Saturday morning, I'd said, absolutely, we killing a turkey Saturday, hands down. Um, I had turkeys on cell cameras for quite some time, and Noel knows exactly what I'm talking about. And I think I even sent Noel a picture Friday, said uh, they better look out Saturday morning because we're going after them, you know. And I had them on camera Friday, and I have yet to have them turkeys on camera since Friday. And we didn't hear but one bird gobbles uh, early Saturday morning. One bird gobbled way off, and that's all we heard all day long. Wind picked up really big for here, 25-mile-an-hour winds. Oh, yeah, that's big and around then here, too. We hunted just a little bit Sunday morning um, and, and had a bird gobble pretty good, but uh, he flew off and went towards the neighboring property, and once he hit the ground, we never heard him again. And, uh, and then we tried again, you know, the last probably two hours of legal shooting Sunday afternoon, um, and and we got on some birds, but uh, they were way out in the field, and there just wasn't no way of doing anything. Yeah, I'm confident if your son keeps hunting with you this season, he'll uh, he'll uh, get his uh, <laughs> he'll get his day in the hot sun. That's for sure. <laughs> It'll be uh, yeah. Well, I've got the guy a couple days this week during the week, but then we got uh, I I coach his ball team um and we got opening day ceremony saturday but our game ain't to 10 45 saturday so, <laughs> oh that's uh, plenty of time for well i'm excited to get that uh get that text uh when you got him on the ground that'll be that'll be uh fun <laughs> to see because i know it's gonna happen but not to jinx you but uh no you're quite the turkey it hunter <laughs> well that's awesome a little bit of sheds a little bit of a little bit of turkey prep definitely some brownie points you know that all that all echoes uh kind of how my uh off season goes but noel's probably chuckling right now he knows i've been out after the sheds hard uh <laughs> i've uh that's that's kind of my that's kind of my thing you know I, I go back and forth which which do i like more actually deer hunting or shed hunting and i i i, I really can't make up my mind but uh <laughs> <laughs> they're both they're I, both I uh, call you the Heath Rayfield of Shed Hunter is really what I call you. <laughs> oh, I wish I was that good. Oh, hey, man, I, but... I, I love shed hunting too just as much as anybody, but uh like Noel said, it's kind of tough around here. Yeah, yeah, that's I never really hear much about people shed hunting down south, you know, and and uh it's... you can't, man. <laughs> you just about can't. Yeah. Do you think, do you think part, I mean, there's gotta be a reason for that. Is it because, I mean, certainly there's more hunt, hunters, more deer hunters in the South than around here. Well, I think the big thing on it is, kid, is that we are so wooded out here. Sure. You know, we, we, I mean, you know, it's just woods after woods after woods. And these deer generally where they bed at, it can be so thick it take you to crawl through it, you know. Mm, yeah, now, yep. That makes sense. Of the time, find sheds. It's in a field or a food plot. You know, it's their food destination. 
Sure. It's just because our deer can bed so many places around here. It's just so hard to find them, you know, walk down through the woods and find them. And I, I mean, I've done it. I've even said, all right, I'm going shed hunting today. <laughs> and I have miles all down through some of the prettiest hardwoods and pines and, you know, just walk and walk and walk. And then I go out there and walk in a, a pasture or a field or something like that. And that's where I'd find them at. Sure. I did, it's just find them in the woods around here. You know, you know, I think you, I think you bring up a really good point there that I've never thought about. And that is, you know, cause you look up like at Minnesota or Wisconsin, you know, those places are probably just as wooded as a lot of the South, but the difference there is because it gets so cold, all the deer congregate to the best place to survive. Whereas down South, yeah. they don't have to do that. They can stay spread out like you're saying. So so, uh, yeah, that I never thought of that before, but that makes a ton of sense. And I've got to think too, that you guys probably have more of the, uh, nature's best shed hunters, uh, the squirrels <laughs> down, down yeah. South than, uh, we do up here. And so, uh, I imagine a lot of sheds just, uh, get eaten pretty, uh, much as soon as they drop. And, uh, you know, that's something I, this podcast isn't about me tonight. It's about you guys for sure. But I did want to share one cool thing that happened tonight. So we hit our Southern weather day today. Uh, Noel was probably walking around in, in flip flops and, and, uh, and, and looking for a place to get some, uh, good seafood, uh, reminiscing about the old Mississippi days probably, but, uh, oh, it was, <laughs> it was, it was pretty nice. picture yeah, man. <laughs> he, he's the worst by the way he, <laughs> he doesn't he, he, he doesn't go for the real he doesn't go for the small podcast this guy that he was to me every every friday well me and me and the wife we hit the coast today got fresh seafood <laughs> <laughs> tastes well, like no, home we didn't, we didn't go to a restaurant we just we just went to the Gulf and, you know, got it ourselves. <laughs> Not the Gulf. I guess you're at the ocean. <laughs> he sent it to me. I was like, well, I went to Walmart, got a bag of frozen shrimp, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> These ones even have tails on them. <laughs> That's uh, I mean, it it was it was a good like it was a it felt like summer today, you know it was it was a nice day, and um, uh, so I got home. I knew I had a podcast night, so you know made sure I had everything ready to go for that, and uh, then uh, got out the uh, old UTV and uh, loaded the family up. We had everybody, all five of us, and uh, drove out to the one like small contiguous uh piece of timber here on our on our uh, farm that we live on and um as much as i love shed hunting the only shed that i know to have been found on this farm was in my grandfather's tractor tire about five years ago <laughs> and uh that's the i have never found one and so tonight uh i actually kind of did what noel did i didn't run feeders but i uh asked the the farmer i said hey i'll pay you to leave like 
some outside rows up for me along the timber if you wouldn't mind just because you know i'd like to see if it holds deer on later in the year and maybe even get some interested in coming on the farm during uh shed season and uh he didn't even charge me he left me four outside rows standing corn and uh, i was like you know what we're gonna cruise back there see if there's any sheds i I told my daughter she's only three you know so taking her into the into the woods taking a three-year-old into the woods is (laughs) a pretty tall order you end up carrying him the whole time but um i told her we i'd take her out in the utv at some point so we went out there tonight and uh we walked around in the well i thought you know it's like i i honestly thought there was like a 1% chance we'd find a shed, if that even. And uh, we were walking around, though, kind of going through the shed hunting motions. And it's like I couldn't believe my eyes. There's a shed, the biggest one I found this year. And uh, let her wow. pick, pick it up. Tree rats, uh, the squirrels that I've actually been, I've been uh, laying off on the squirrels because I want the squirrels to get reestablished on this farm so I can have some good squirrel hunting in the future. <laughs> but they kind of, they betrayed me. They uh, chewed it up pretty good. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do my uh, epoxy sculpt magic with the thing and uh, trying to fix it up a little bit. But that was a pretty cool feeling though, to, to see like, how that came together, you know, put leaving that food on here for him, that little more accessible food. And then also last summer, uh, one of those, uh, fly by night tree, uh, cutting, uh, companies came by and asked my grandpa if they could buy some of their walnut trees out of the timber. And, uh, um, that can be both a good thing and a bad thing, you know, they uh, aren't necessarily foresters that are doing the work. Not that they don't know what they're doing, but they aren't necessarily looking at it as, as from a ecological standpoint. But um, it it was a selective timber harvest, and as a result, you know, a lot more of that those winter sun rays were hitting the forest floor and encouraging the deer to be back. So, you know, kind of a lesson of if you build it, they will come. You know, and uh, absolutely pretty special to find that shed tonight uh now that we've we're living out here and and uh just really never thought <laughs> i'd see that day really but it was uh it was pretty cool to, to come across so yeah kind of echo some of the things you guys are saying all right so we we uh know what we did to get through the winter um and we could probably do like three podcasts on this next part because i'm pretty sure you guys come like i said earlier you guys combined for probably like 20 deer you guys saw hit the ground last year (laughs) but uh noel can you give us a bit of a recap you had a really cool deer season and if people go back and listen to the the episode where you and charlie came on charlie kind of talked about uh his uh incredible buck that he shot this year and uh, i know it probably brings a bit of a tear to your eye to talk about that that deer because i think i think you described in that episode not too many 13 point two and a half year olds walking around in the woods <laughs> but uh <laughs> my goodness that would have been we a state record <laughs> i developed a new slogan this year you want to hear it yeah this year at the gandys we decided that we're we're shooting mature bucks up tomorrow today. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. You like that? 
man, that that would make a great yeah, but, <laughs> that'd make a great T-shirt. <laughs> like Booners up tomorrow today. <laughs> that's it, man. We uh, he and I both <laughs> he and I both killed uh, probably Boone and Cross caliber deer uh, that what could have been. Sure. Um, but I tell you what, learned learned a lot about this was a very humbling year for me, and I say that in all sincerity, because uh probably the most potential for like really big deer that I've ever had on my farm. I know that we we summer filmed four deer over one fifty wow. on my farm and it's wow. it's only hundred and fifty acres. That's um, incredible. Grant, granted, there you know, beer can travel and all, and, but to that end, um, I'm pretty sure EHD got two of them, mm. and the other, the other one, I got a trail camera picture of him, a mile and a half north and, and east. So he clearly, uh, north and west, I guess he he just absolutely totally left, wow, and never came back after summer. So it was a very humbling thing to see that I'm fairly sure two of them are dead. Um, so yeah, I mean, as good, good of a year as it was, um, it was still kind of a bummer. And I've this, the shed hunting that I've done just to talk of kind of back up to where we were talking about finding the sheds of the deer. I actually hunted him not completely exclusively, but I always had it in the back of my mind. I always came back home to hunt that deer. He was, he was the smallest of all the shooters that we had, but he was by far, in a way, the biggest homebody deer I have ever, mm. ever hunted. And mm. uh, I had ten encounters. I had ten different entry encounters with uh, with this deer. And I think six of them were in bow range, something like that. Six or seven of them. Wow. Um, I, I I pulled the trigger on him twice, once uh, during bow season, <laughs> and uh, stuck him. <laughs> And then uh, once during muzzleloader season, where I I harvested a trophy tree limb oh, uh, between oh, me and him, oh, broke oh, it right in two. And oh. so uh, the fact that he still shed, the fact that after that he still lived on the farm and shed on the farm, told me just how big of a homebody he is. So hopefully, he was four. Hopefully, as a five-year-old deer, he hangs around. Yeah. And uh, so t- talking about the like the feed i've been very careful with what feed i've been putting out i didn't want to just do attract it uh but and heath and i actually talked a whole lot about this during deer season um he and a friend of his out in kansas have a great feeding program that that maintain really healthy deer mm-hmm. and so with this with this supposed ehd uh it, and actually it's not supposed it's been confirmed here in, in my county sure um really wanted to do everything I could to to make sure that this deer does live to deer season. I'd love to hunt it. <laughs> right, yeah. And uh boy you talk about a you talk about a bummer though, dude, that they just disappear and you can smell the stink kind of going up through the creek. Mm. Uh I did uh, with a mm. with a buddy of mine, Zach Zach Rippler and I went and walked my farm or I walked my farm and we walked a neighbor uh farm that I have permission to hunt. And we f- have found uh, this shed season, we have found five dead deer Man. Uh, that looked like wow. they were summer kills. Two two bucks, two like two-year-old deer. And uh, 
than three does. So it, it happens, and uh, I've just been praying I can stumble across these two big guys that uh, that I imagine are, are donors. But anyway, it's uh, <laughs> did have an interesting no, year. There. Probably, I'm sorry. I said you 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 know you but you know why the deer the homebody deer that that got an arrow slung at him and got a muzzleloader ball slung at him and you didn't kill him and then you find his shed you know where this leads right well you you just tell me I, I think I do though <laughs> yeah that means killing a booner and that here with an absolutely wonderful story behind him. Yes. Dude, I mean, that, so that has been, after I missed him the second time, I was just talking to the Lord. I didn't know I missed him immediately. It was like the next day or two that we confirmed it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's that's what everybody says, to, you know, that I've missed the deer because it's one of those, like, he's like borderline shooter. He's beautiful in the woods but he, he only scored like one i say only it's still a great deer i think he scored 148 149 something like that sure so he has the potential to blow up oh yeah i mean and be a really big deer but when i found those sheds man i walked up to them and they're side by side they're out in the middle of a plowed field and i could see them for a mile i was just i knew exactly who it was you know it's just incredible they're 10 feet apart that's awesome up, said, man thank you lord Thank you, Lord. And I, I start videoing, you know, yeah. walking up to these things. And uh, so, yeah, so this year will be the third year of uh, of encounters with him. I had an encounter with him in 2020 where he got his nickname, Stare Down. Uh, my brother and I encountered him from a tree, and he stood solid as a statue for nine minutes. I had nine <laughs> minutes of video without him moving, staring a hole up through us. He got his nickname, and uh, he... He will be. I got another deer on another farm. I'm not going to talk about because I'm already scared. Of people, I talked about this one too much. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I, got, I got another one. <laughs> I got another one in my pocket that uh, if something happens to steer down, um, I can go after. But he will probably be a number one, like top priority next year. Man, that's that's such a good story in the making there. I agree with Heath. That's gonna be a that's gonna be a one of a kind story to go with a one of a kind deer that that uh I'm I'm confident you'll get your day in court with him. And uh you know, when you're talking about this EHD outbreak, Noel, uh it makes me uh wonder whatever happened to uh that buck that was who was the he was an older buck and he was a big time fighter and uh, you were kind of hoping your dad was going to come yep. down and, and arrow for you. Did, is he one that you think yep. died of EHD? Yeah. But Buster, pretty Buster, sure he, yep. he died. Uh, another deer that I was super excited about cloth. Uh, I'm pretty sure. In fact, Charlie is the one that named him two years ago. Pretty sure that he, that he died. I, I'm anxious to see if they turn back up this summer. Sure. Um, but Buster, he was, he was a good candidate to die. <laughs> he was old. <laughs> well, uh, and you know, seven, seven years old. Wow. And, and you know, when those guys, those old warriors go down, it just totally changes the buck dynamic on a farm, you know, allows, uh, some of those bucks that have been was, chased off or broken up always, over the last few years. Come back. Well, so I, 
I didn't really have any more mature deer on the farm besides Fairdown until late November. And then there was this flurry, like, of three days where just buck after buck after buck was coming through. Hmm. And uh, I ended up killing a deer during one of those days. It was a weird deal. I thought it was Fairdown. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it's one of those deals. It's one of those deals you check and say, oh, yeah, that's him. And then I I go into, like, filming mode, quit trying to look at the rack, start trying to kill the deer by myself. And it was another really nice pinpoint that I had never seen before. Um, Nothing wrong with that. That's near the deer there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's that's a good year and some good promise ahead. And I hope you find the... I hope you get closure on Buster because he's got a cool story behind him too. And you know what? There's another good reason to get out and, and uh, uh, shed hunt, at least in this part of the world where it makes sense to do so. You know, that that's part of the inventory process too, you know, um, with yeah. with my buck that I had from tw- the 2020 season that I arrowed and got a marginal hit on. Um, I never found him in the off season and I shot him in October and uh, I, you guys have heard me say many times at the farm that I live on, which is where I shot him, the deer d- just don't stick around here much after November. And so uh, he had plenty of time to die on this farm and for me to find him. And uh, I never did. And I'm like 80% sure that I ended up seeing him from the stand this year in one of my last sits. So, uh, you know, that shed hunting inventory aspect comes into play too so definitely uh definitely uh another reason to get out there and do that but and then uh you saw i did you you saw a couple uh other really impressive deer go down right didn't i think if i remember correctly you filmed a friend who shot wasn't it like a 180s class this year yeah i was gonna say i didn't really answer your question i had an incredible year again behind the camera this is year two that i've just had killer look charlie killed that deer we call wacky in september and yep. then uh, one of my best one of my best friends lance cornelius he had he had been hunting a deer pretty exclusively last year and he was going to put every egg in this basket uh of this particular deer that he hunted this year uh, and he and i have this agreement along with my friend zach that whoever's got a deer that we think we can kill that's who's going to hunt like we don't draw straws or anything mm. like that. It's just, if, if, if you got a deer, we think we can kill, we're going to go hunt it. And, um, we, uh, we hunted stare down pretty hard first part of October and encountered him quite a bit. Couldn't get him killed. But, um, his deer that he had, had been hunting just so hard for last year and, and this year, he, he started showing up in daylight and it was getting that magic time, like end of October, first day or two in November where you thought you can call to him a little bit. And, uh, he and I had to walk a, a river. <laughs> I got down <laughs> into it and, and walked it, waited it in the dark with all of our gear. That's awesome. First time it's, yep. First time we had sat to stand, we kind of knew that's just, is a killing tree, man. He killed there last year and, uh, 185 inches. That's where he ended up. Uh, he had he just, snapped off but, like a six inch time the week before, um, but he he so he was he scored one seventy nine and some change. But we know like possibly he had another six inch time sure, at least. Sure. And he came, it, he came right down Broadway, man, over the shoulder filming like to 
I think, 12 steps, something like that, 10 steps. And he just throttled. It was, it was pretty epic. I got it in high speed, so it's like slow-mo. Everything is just is incredible. Incredible. So you asked the money. earlier, I don't, know, I don't know if we were recording or not, but you said I filmed my friend Zach's deer. I, he he killed a deer. Uh, I wasn't with him filming and killed the deer. But the morning that my buddy Lance killed, I filmed the deer that Zach eventually killed uh, <laughs> on a total different on a total different farm across a river. Wow! Um, in fact, we were calling to that deer. We called him Hefty. He's 165 inches, and we were calling to that deer when. Um, when the deer Lance uh, ended up killing, came out to to the calling, and wow. so uh, it was a wild deal. That, it was crazy. It, yeah. was, it was really really good. So, yeah. And then I, uh, I had, man, we had shooter deer in range a lot. A couple times they were on the wrong side of the property line. I, uh, I stuck sidekick, so I filmed him mm. the same day that Lance killed. November 4th, we killed that morning, then I stuck in that evening. November the 11th, I was in Kansas, and uh, I called in 150-inch deer, and, and same thing. I, I stuck in, got, just got into the shoulder a little bit. It was Neither one were terrible hits. It just got into the shoulders just a little bit and uh, and didn't kill either one of them. They're, they're still both running around. So, so sidekick, so, uh, sidekick, that's a buck we've heard of before, I think on this podcast. Right. And it, you, so you're saying yeah. sidekick is still, is still alive and well for next year. Oh, no, I, I misspoke staring down. Sidekick so, is always okay. my nemesis and he's always in my mind. I meant staring down, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> These crazy deer and their names that we give them, man. Why don't we? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, so, uh. Yep, just uh, some some ups and downs, but you know what? That's what makes it deer season, right? And uh, that's what keeps it keeps it interesting and keeps us coming back for more. Is there's there's no guarantees, right? So, man, what a what an awesome season! And you know, I'm sure you feel feel like you got to pinch yourself sometimes when you when you uh, get to be a part of some of these stories that come together and what what sounds to be a good one coming together here for uh good old stare down that's a good name too i like that it's a good name for a, Probably for a deer. my favorite part was uh in 2020 my brother drew a, a non-resident archery tag and i got to hunt with him for seven days mm-hmm. and that was just so special because i don't i don't get to see him anymore uh since we've moved to iowa just very you know a couple times a year but sure. my dad drew a, a shotgun tag this year awesome and so he and i got to sit in the blind for five days and i just got to spend time with him and he saw his biggest buck on the hoof ever uh we, we didn't we didn't try to shoot him because he's real young but um still that was cool just that yeah. experience you know getting to spend that definitely. time with that was probably the, the icing on the cake yeah yeah, definitely. Well, I hope your dad can draw it here again sometime and, and come back out and enjoy it. And of course your brother as well. And I think your brother, didn't he, he ended up tagging a deer, didn't he? In 2020. Oh, coon dog. He did. That's right. <laughs> coon thinking, dog. Yep. I'm telling you, we got the, got the dumbest nickname. <laughs> yeah, that, that was it. Uh, I remember hearing about coon dog. Yep. That's a, uh, that's a good one. So, you know what? 
It's uh, it's fun to name deer like that. I need to do it more. My dad actually told me that. My dad, who doesn't hunt, he's like, you know what? You need to make your podcast more interesting by naming the deer that you're going after. You know, like like Noel does. I think he even talked about you, or maybe it was Brandon. I can't remember. <laughs> well, my, oh, he he got good. Yeah, we'll name a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you'll you'll shoot even more than a couple of them because. Uh, Heath's Heath's year last year was uh, something else, man. How many? Uh, let's just start it this way. How many deer did you tag last year, Heath? I killed six bucks last year, man, and one doe. Six bucks and one doe. Wow, that is that uh, is quite four, a season. Four different, four different states. Wow, and it started off in Kansas, right? If I remember correctly. Uh, no, it started off in my home state of South Carolina. Oh, okay. It's where, yep. I killed a, uh, I killed a, uh, older deer that he was a seven point, but, uh, probably 18 some odd inches, whatever. Um, I had a bachelor group show up on my, my granddaddy farm and, uh, I just said, well, I'm going to bow hunt them one or two times. There was two shooters in the group. And, uh, I said, I, if I get the right win, I'll bow hunt them. If not, I'll save them and let, you know, let Benson kill one of them, you know, when our early gun season comes in. But sure. long story short, the first afternoon I hunted them, uh, which was the second day of the season, third day of the season would have been August the, uh, 17th. Okay. Uh, I killed them that afternoon. Or yeah. I killed one of them that that after. They all four came in, uh, and they kind of caught me off guard a little bit. But uh, I was able to to get get turned around there and and get an error in one of them. So uh, that's where I started the season, and you know, it all spiraled from there. <laughs> Man, that you is. Know, so, but my my next was Kansas. Okay. Um, and you got some attention for that yeah. one in Kansas, if I remember correctly. That one, uh, didn't didn't he end up in, was it Field and Stream or Outdoor Life or something like that? He he was in, he was in Field and Streams. They'd done a top, I think it was like top 16 early season bucks. That's right. Um, yep. And he was, he was in there. And I was just, I, I kept pinching myself on that one because to be in the same lineup as, as Mark Drury, I was just like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're doing something right then. <laughs> and, uh, uh, yes. And then about two weeks later, like that, two, two or three weeks after that, he was in, um, real trees rack report. Okay. Yep. So that's, so, so definitely some attention on that one. And, uh, what, if I remember correctly, what, didn't he score like one sixty nine something like that? And he was like a, a, he was, he was, yeah, you, he was one sixty five almost on the head. Oh, okay. As a nine. Yep. As a nine. Yeah. That's Let me huge. tell him. Can I, I'm going to, okay. he might get mad. I don't care. <laughs> I'm sitting in the I'm sitting in the Chicago airport uh, <laughs> on my way back from somewhere Disney World somewhere. He he's now we've been talking all week chit chatting because he 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 was after a different beer. All right, yeah. 
I ain't never seen a man kill a hundred seventy inch deer, sixty five inch deer, and be disappointed. But he, <laughs> he he said, "You know what? I let him go one time. I couldn't do it twice." <laughs> I'll never forget sitting there thinking, you, you crazy, dog. <laughs> I couldn't and, do and it. I'm also going to tell this, too. It is the most incredible deer hunting video you have ever watched. And I cannot wait for people to get to see it. It is so stinking cool how it happened. Man, I am, I am it, jacked it, it, to it, see it. it I, and that, I mean, like Noel said, I was after another deer. Kent, you probably have heard the name of the other deer I was after. Uh, I'm sure I think me and you have talked to him on, talked about him on some of these last podcasts, whatever, but Mm -hmm. I was after a deer called King and King, if I could have got him killed, uh, it would have been a story just like Noel's deer. Um, I've got a ton of history with the deer. I've missed the deer. I've got sheds off of this deer. Uh, I mean, it's, it's just crazy the story we had behind him, but King was being King and we'll just leave, we'll leave that at that. And, <laughs> and I, I, mean, I had it in my mind when I went out there that I was going to shoot nothing but King. I had it in my mind, but I had sure. this deer we called and a deer we've had history with him. We, I, I knew the deer. He blew up this year. You know, I mean, he was very special and but i i mean i i didn't have no desire to shoot him sure and the morning i let him walk it was my fourth day of hunting king and, and this deer was on the same farm as king mm-hmm. and i was actually slipped morning and was hunting and out of nowhere out of there in the grass here comes hightower and i sat there and i ne- i didn't i never touched my muzzleloader and i could have killed him that morning and then I got to thinking to myself from looking at him and filming him everything, and Noel can vouch this because me and Noel, we they, we carry on a lot of conversation through text and everything through all mm-hmm. the season. And he, he he's a brother from another mother of mine. But anyway, <laughs> right. I just passed. I started figuring him up. He's bigger than what he looks like on camera. Man, I think he's got, you know, I think he's got 13-inch G2s. I think his main beams are 25 inches. You know, so I start adding this up in my head. I get my phone out. I start adding up. I'm going. <laughs> That's when you, you know it's gotten serious. <laughs> you know, you just passed a 165-inch deer. That is a nine-point. A nine-point. <laughs> and, and, and it's nine points. is only like three inches long you know right right so all day long i'm doing it and then fi- i think i actually may have talked to noel that day or something or you know, whatever it was mm-hmm. done. It's like man you more of a man than i am <laughs> <laughs> I, sat there that afternoon. I went right back to my same spot my little turkey lounger out there in the grass just like i love to hunt kansas early season i like to be mobile and that's the way i like to hunt them and i just thought to myself i said well if high tower gets up this afternoon and gives me really good footage, I'm going to kill him. Hmm. And this deer gave, and I'm self-filming, I was running three cameras, and this deer gave some of the most epic lighting footage, the way it all broke down, that there ain't no way in the world I could have passed him. The only way I would have passed him is the king was following him right up behind him. You know? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) 
Well, Allow that? me to add to the legend that is Heath Rayfield, though. He he is so humble. He's not. He won't tell you all of this, and and I don't want to give it away either because I want. You, I'd rather you see it. Heath is left-handed shooting a gun. All right. Yeah. Uh huh. Heath shot the deer right-handed with a rifle. <laughs> I did. Freehanded it and he stood up and came out. He, like I said, it's not just all he's out there and he killed a good deer. The story is epic. The how that now, and I cannot wait for you to see it. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see it, it was, either, man. That is that's incredible. And you know, it's one thing shoot one offhanded with a shotgun. This this kid saddles it up with the rifle and nails it with the muzzleloader, you know, rifle and nails right. it down and hammers it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's no easy thing. There's a few more steps there with the old muzzle loader. And uh yeah, yep. that's that's pretty impressive. Well, you know, I agree. He, he when everything came together and I'm glad you include that part in there where you actually had that thought process. You know, you're like yep. if 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 the stars align, then I'm high tower is it. And uh the other part that I like about that is King is still a part of the story going forward. I would hope, right? Is is there confirmation that King survived uh, the season? Um, we're we're I'm not going to discuss a whole lot about King because it really hurts me to the heart. But uh, I mm. actually got some news on Noel. You know, you no one knows exactly what I'm talking about, but I got some news this week on King. Um. We we had big doubts that King was probably no no longer going to be with us, mm. and and I'm 110 percent sure that he's no longer with us because King was on camera um, quite often. You know, I've got four years history with this deer, and I, I'm not going to get into a whole lot of detail with him. But I mean, I I know I knew this deer about as good as I know my kids. Sure. Um. And, uh, he disappears, you know, October, November, he shows back up in December. And when he shows back up in December, he's home. He don't go nowhere. Mm-hmm. And we had him for two grade and, and, and long story short, he disappeared, uh, the day after Kansas rifle season went out and we have not seen him since. Mm. Um, and I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, it, it's, uh, it's a subject that I'm, I was very partial to that deer. Uh, not, and I, I honestly, you know, I'm going into this year out there and I've got a ton of good deer on camera. Um, I actually got one deer that I know made it through the season. We actually found one in his sheds or my buddy did last week. Uh, that was probably one eighty. Oh, wow. And, and he, and he, um, but to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm thrilled if I draw a tag this year, cause I'm going to be going to Kansas. Don't get me wrong. And, but of having four years history with a deer that like that, I I really don't know what deer I'm going to hunt this year. Let's put it that way. Whether it be, uh, I had a deer I called junior junior disappeared mid October. We have not seen him since. Uh, Mm -hmm. so I I don't know what's happening there, but, um, we got a deer, um, can't even remember his name. Now my son named him for me the cartoon noel that the little deer runs around that's got one horn is it eli or oh um, uh open season um elliot yeah 
Elliot. All right, so we got Elliot. There you um, go. We got Elliot. We got a deer we call wide load. Um, we got several deer. I'd have to look back through, and they all I got them named or whatever. But uh, there's a deer I got daggered. You know, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, I'll be just you know. Hope, hopefully, I draw a tag this year. That's the big thing. Yeah. Did, well, and you say that you hope you draw a tag. Noel, you hunt Kansas quite often as well. And I, if I remember correctly, twenty twenty you didn't draw there, right? For like the first time. Yeah, first time in fifteen years I didn't draw, and uh, it yeah, was so. it was disappointing. But yeah, I had a preference well, this year, so that was that was fun. Yeah, definitely. Good Lord, with and, and you know I'm setting on four preference points for Iowa. Ooh. So I'm putting me in this year. There you so go. I, I may I may be state of Iowa this year. Hey, if if so, you got they you, had great. You, you got, a, you got a swamp donkey burger waiting for you <laughs> if you can make it happen, man. <laughs> I, I was kind of getting around to that. You know, I, want, I wasn't going to say nothing earlier, but I was like, you know, I might, I might have an Iowa tag in my pocket this year. He, he, he wants a swamp donkey and he wants some Casey's donuts. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Hey, we well, can make that happen. I want a swamp donkey and a 190, no. That's it. <laughs> And some Casey's donuts. And I, hey, as much as I love a donut, I can put them donuts on the side for that one ninety. Yeah, that's right. There you <laughs> that's go. <right. laughs> well, that's two deer. But I, that, that, there's there's four there's four more bucks yet. I can't so, believe I'm saying so that. That's two, <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, last four, Kent. Yep. I hunted, it, and if this makes any sense to you. And, and, and it will once I kind of explain what what I'm getting at is I hunted less this year and had the best season of my life. Mm. That, but there was there was there was about three different components that really I really watched. Let's just say I, I really really paid attention to, especially when I was here at home because obviously I killed my next deer. Let's see, that was September. So I didn't kill my next deer till I didn't kill him till Halloween night. Wow. Uh, didn't get to hunt a whole lot. Me, well, I take that back. Me and my son hunted. Um, Benson killed a, he killed a buck. Um, he killed a spike, which when he's with me up until now, next year, he, he's going to get, we're going to pump the brakes a little bit. He's guilty. Sure. He's, he's a big <laughs> We're not going to shoot none of them potentials, you know. Right. right. <laughs> you, so, say it, you say it now. You say it now. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. He told me the other day we were sitting there and we seen some jakes way out in the field and he was like, yeah, hey, I don't care. It's jakes. You know, we can shoot a male turkey camera. I'm like, yes, we can, but, you know. <laughs> How long did you watch Wacky for that night, Noel? Was it 30 minutes? Uh- <laughs> That wacky was wandering around yeah. waiting to kill. 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> There's one deer we can't shoot. Okay, there he is. <laughs> oh, that, man. Hey, Noel, you're a good man, Noel. Char- you're a good Char- man. Charlie and Benson would get along real good because Benson's like, Daddy, I'm going to wait on the big one to come out. And I'm like, well, he's been on camera, son. You know, he's been, been on camera and everything. I look over and it's like, oh, Ben, so there's a spike. You, you know, there's a book. Can I shoot him down? I'm like, yep. 
Whatever you want. <laughs> so if you want to shoot them, I'm not holding now. But, you know, there is a bigger deer here. Uh, I, I think I want to shoot him, Daddy. And it, it, well, that was, can't. That was, uh, <laughs> that was kid, to a T. Four deer here, and it was the first deer that walked out. It didn't matter if it was a doe or spike or whatever. <laughs> if the deer walked out and he knew we had a tag, we could shoot it. Daddy, I think I need to shoot that one. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get t shirts for these boys made up oh, instead man. of shooting booner instead of shooting booners uh of tomorrow. Today we're gonna get them one that says, I came for a good time, not a long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh right. man, but, yeah, I'm thinking uh, of a new line of clothing here. You, you know, call it like the, <laughs> the <laughs> my dad's I a hunter line. I think it works. So back to the story of, of the six bucks. So you know those two. So Halloween, the way it fell here at home, of course. You know, uh, having kids, I never said I'd ever be gone out of town hunting on any sort of holidays or birthdays. Sure. And uh, Halloween's being one of them things. But it fell on Sunday this year, and so the town that I live in done all of their Halloween festivities on, and I was planning on flying out that Monday. Um, but uh, anyway, so with that being said, we had all the Halloween festivities Saturday. Okay. So I said, well, some things that come up. Um, at work and I, I was planning on staying for seven days in Oklahoma and bow hunting. Um, I was meeting Ryan and Bryce Letcher and their dad out there and, and hunting with a friend of mine called Jesse Bloomer out there. He's got some ground. And anyway, we, me and Jesse been conversating back and forth, back and forth and had a couple really good deer, you know, some that was, you know, pushing the one sixties, mid one sixty mark deer, several, you know, big eights in the 140s, you know, but there was this one particular deer that just kind of stuck in my head and, and we called him the long brow eight and, and his brow tines were just as twos. I mean, mm. he, he ended up having one was nine and a half inches and one was Whoa. 10 inches. Yeah. I mean, just huge brow tines. So, uh, you know, I told Jesse, I said, if any way possible, I said, that's the one I'd like to go after. And he said, yep, if you want to go after him, you can go after him. Sorry. Well, some things come up at work, and I was only going to be able to hunt two and a half days. That was it. Um, I, I had to get back, do some stuff at work. We had some guided trips I needed to take. Just couldn't get, you know, get it worked out where I could, you know, get somebody else to take them or whatever. But anyway, with Halloween falling the way it did, uh, I actually left a day early um and, and flew out on halloween i got an early flight got there weather was perfect and you remember i'd said I, i'd watched a few things this year that really played into my deer killing i do believe mm -hmm. was you know I, I paid a lot of attention to a red moon calendar i paid a lot of attention to deer cast uh the weather anytime there was any big fronts coming and you know i just i tried to pay a lot of attention to that and cell cameras, you know, stay out of the woods. You know, they, they were, they were really a blessing, but anyway, we get to, I get to Oklahoma and, uh, you know, meet Jesse and meet all the boys shooting. He's like, man, you got time to get in the tree this afternoon. <laughs> I said, you, yeah, I ain't hunted. I ain't Halloween in seven years. And, <laughs> and as we all know, 
uh, Halloween is a magical day. Yes. So I got married the first night in Oklahoma, and Jesse's like, man, some cattle got in there, and they tore the, tore the camera up that I had around the feeder that I had set there, and, you know, I don't know this deer, he ain't been there in two weeks. You know, I don't know where he's at, blah, blah, blah. I was like, hey, man, I'm going to hunt him. Yeah. No, we got the right wind. We got the front coming. Who knows? Well, lo and behold, guess who shows up at the last? <laughs> yeah, and I, I look up and I got these four bucks there around me, and they all start posturing and walking. And I look over and I'm like, where'd this deer come from? You know, <clears throat> I, I mean, I'm out there in Oklahoma where it seems like you can see forever. Yeah, and this deer pops. 35 yards like i ain't never even seen him come <laughs> uh, well long story short he he gives me a shot and I, I make a great shot on him and you know we recover him that night so there's deer three but if you can take like this so i killed on the halloween um night in oklahoma i filmed my buddy out there ryan letcher the next night stick a deer he, he ended up getting him a little bit high and didn't we didn't get to recovering mm. and then i actually the next day and uh i shot two does with the bow on the farm there and then i, I came oh, home <laughs> so once i got home north carolina muzzleloader season was coming in um and then i killed i killed the first afternoon i hunted back home i killed a deer that was Six and a half year old, big seven, big heavy seven. Uh, he actually weighed a little over two, like two hundred four, two hundred two, nice. which is a big, big deer. Yeah. Um, I killed first afternoon back home, and then that was on like you know first part of November. The next day I hunted. Uh, I hunted about that was on like a, I don't remember. It was like a maybe. A Friday or a Saturday, I killed that deer. Then I hunted like that Monday in South Carolina and killed a big nine point. <laughs> and then that Friday, I had cameras of a deer I'd been chasing for two years on it and hunted him with the bow and stuck him that Friday afternoon. I literally, my last, should I say, four, five sets in a tree, I killed four big deer. Wow. That is, that is a year that's going to be really hard to beat. My season ended my season. I ended it. Now I still had a tag for South Carolina that I could have used, but I was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm not hunting anymore. It was November the 19th. That's when I stuck the short time 10. Sure. And I, uh, I had a little, Mistake with a video camera. I was trying out a new video camera, and I ended up having to draw on this deer twice. He came in really fast, chasing those grunting. I drew on him twice. When I let down the second time to draw the third time, and I bumped the camera and didn't realize my DSLR. They are very finicky on the focus end of the deal. Well, I bumped it out of focus just a smidge, but didn't realize it. Shot the deer. The shot looks great. Everything looked wonderful. I was like, you know, I smoked him. And uh, long story short, we trailed a deer 300 yards that night. Great blood, but just, I was like, this deer shouldn't have been gone this far. 
we backed out and uh, had, which is a dear friend of mine, probably has got the best track dog in the Carolinas ever. Mm. The guy's actually writing a book on this dog. Wow. The dog um, is named Spud and Jamie Holler, um, a guy that is the one, Noel, I told you, is making me the bow. Uh, mm. This guy's making me a. Oh, yeah. Someone would just have to go with Spud and, and see how laid back and calm this dog is hmm. even when he's trier i mean he just kind of walks and takes his time you know it, it, he's just he's so smart and he will literally walk through other deer and never worry about running them or anything stays on the deer that Man. whoever shot this dog found i don't know how many deer in state of south carolina this year 100 and 150 something deer Man. um wow but he, he found my deer and uh you know the deer was actually still alive uh, he had a arrow through one of his lungs. I hit him a little bit, a little bit high and forward, okay. but it still was able to go through. It got one lung and this deer was still alive 22 hours later. Man. So, uh, long story short, we bade the deer up. Uh, and so that was, you know, that was on November the 19th that I tagged it. You know, that was my last tag that I was going to feel for the season. And the rest of the year was for Benson. You know, if I hunted, it was me and Benson hunting, and he shot. Uh, he shot a couple more does. He actually shot another what I call AKA South Carolina eleven point, hmm. um, <laughs> which would be the old spike. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was phenomenal. We had we had a girl from church, or had a friend of mine from church. Um, his daughter, same age as my son, she wanted, but she didn't want to shoot. She just wanted to go sit and, sure. you know, watch some deer and see a deer get shot. So I told him, I said, hey, man, I said, after church today, if y'all want to go this afternoon, we'll go. And uh, sure enough, they wanted to go. And we went that afternoon and, you know, Benson, Benson showed her how to drop one in his tracks. <laughs> <laughs> and my, uh, my buddy called me, you know, for a week straight after that. And he said, it didn't matter where she went. All she talked about was how she got to watch Benson shoot that deer. Oh, so, man. It was a, a phenomenal deer season in, in all aspects. Yeah, that sounds, I mean, one that <laughs> you, couldn't, you couldn't script a better one than that. Now, here's something that, that I imagine people listening into this are probably like, man, six deer plus the, the does and plus the deer that, that Benson shot. How do you guys eat all that? And, uh I know you run a, uh, you, I, I, I shouldn't say I know. I, I think I know, <laughs> which can get me in trouble. Yep. Uh, you run a meat processing plant, right? Like you uh, process deer at, yep. at your, where you live, right? Yeah. So did you end up uh, donating a lot of meat or did you guys, did you guys, uh, are, you, are you just eating deer until, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you can't eat, <laughs> eat anymore no i do donate some i've got several families that don't deer hunt sure um a couple a couple of guys from church their families uh, i've got a, a organization here that i'm actually getting ready to give them some um uh the good samaritan colony i sure. try to keep them with some but yeah, I've got several people that, you know, don't deer hunt that I'll get deer for. I usually put uh, between, you know, my family and 
my in-laws that they like the deer meat too i usually put about four deer in my freezer sure um that generally lasts us a year mm-hmm. uh so the rest of them which now like the deer when i kill them out of state like you know the one i killed in oklahoma and the one that i killed in kansas i, I leave them with families out there I, sure. donate, I donate that meat sure well, that makes sense I think that's a I think that's a tremendous way that hunters can can really be a blessing to to other families. Noel, I, I think I remember you saying once that is it the first deer you guys harvest each year you guys donate to the hush program in Iowa? Yeah, we give it to the we give it to the hush program, and um, just because they I, I've spoken to our local foods bank here and. Uh, I, I just flat out asked him, I said, do you guys ever see this meat? Mm. It absolutely. Every bit that comes in is some of the first to, to go out. They look forward to it every year. So mm. Charlie usually past, past three years is here in September. And so, um, we, we usually give that deer away. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad you did the, the, if we can. Yeah. I'm glad you did the background checking on that too, because you do wonder about that, you know, how useful is this, but it's, it's good to know that it is used. And, uh, even like what Heath has said, identify some of those people. And you know what? These are families that don't hunt themselves. And one of the points that we've mentioned on this show multiple times is that uh, painting a good picture of hunting for the general populace is a good thing for the longevity of hunting. You know, there's far more voters out there that don't hunt than do hunt. And at least for right now, the, the, I would say the general public perception, well, obviously it's good enough about hunting that we can still do it. Right. And, uh, when you, uh, when you do something like that and you start sharing, uh, the benefits of hunting with others who don't hunt, you're perpetuating that good vibe that people have about hunting, even if they themselves aren't participating. So uh, I think a good word for that is uh, 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 a guy that we've had on this podcast before, Mr. Nick Otto of the Huntivore. Uh, He calls that, I think it's a a dinner table diplomacy or something like that. (laughs) It's a great way to say or venison diplomacy or something, but it's a, it's a, it's a good move for sure. But uh, so now here's the other natural question that comes for somebody that just tagged six really nice bucks. How did you decide on what to do for taxidermy? Did you, did you do, <laughs> surely you didn't do a, surely you didn't do six shoulder mounts this year. Did you? Uh, he built a whole new house. <laughs> he built a brand new house just for him. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm actually I'm sitting upstairs in my unfinished room upstairs right now, and I'm I'm looking at all my deer heads <clears throat> sitting around and hanging on the wall, and I'm looking. But no, I I, I did not mount. You know, obviously I didn't mount six bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do have three of them being mounting. Um, the one the short time ten. Um. I'm getting him mounted and sure. of course my Oklahoma and my Kansas deer are getting mounted and then my other deer I just I done European mounts okay. and and you know the European mounts getting fond I'm really starting to like them sure. if I if I had the room 
and you know the taxidermy bills wasn't so so high. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to mount everything that I shot, but because mm-hmm. I think that animal deserves, you know, deserves displaying. Sure. Should I say, you know, I understand, and this goes back to like the meat thing. Um, I, I'm a firm believer. I don't care what it is. If you kill it, you eat it, or you donate it to somebody that will eat it. Um, because some people need that meat regardless of what it is. Yeah. And you know, donating the meat there. Also, I, I feel like if you shoot a buck now, you know, my earlier years of hunting in South Carolina, it was, you know, you could shoot anything you wanted to shoot. So Brown, it was down and it was fine. And I had a barn full of horns, but yeah. now the older I get, you know, I'm going to shoot a big mature deer. I, I'm not just going to cut his rack off his head and throw it in the back of my truck, you know? Right. Yeah. That's just, or, or hanging up in the barn. That's just not me. That's, that's, I think you need to at least have him European mounted and, you know, displaying somehow. Um, I, I just, that's my feeling. Um, and it goes to anything. I mean, I just, I, I, I enjoy deer hunting, but I also enjoy making that deer a better habitat, should I say. Um, <laughs> I think any true hunter, any true hunter, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is we probably spend more money on trying to get to know that deer and make him healthy and, you know, just create a better life for him. Yeah. And then once we kill him, I think we owe it to him that you know to do something with his horns at least yeah so, well you develop i mean to maybe outside of the oklahoma deer you, yeah. you develop this weird to say but right relationships <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. are we do I, i'm to the point now i don't like i don't want to really shoot a deer i don't know yeah. i will i mean clearly if <laughs> two, two hundo walks by i'm not letting him slide because you know he don't <laughs> no. want to hang. But, well, Kent mentioned earlier, he's like, I paid the farmer to leave four rows of corn so we could see if we can, you know, trap sheds or whatever. Like, part of it, that, that's part of the game, is making the habitat and, and, and developing the relationships with these deer, seeing what they can turn into. And yeah. that's, that's mm-hmm. what's become fun for me. Story that end, when you shoot them, you, I, I'm looking at two right now that I can vividly remember. You want to have that to, to remember and to talk about. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm sitting upstairs here. I'm looking at Hightower's rack laying right over here on the floor because I've got it until my taxidermist calls me and says he's going to put him on a form. Um, I'm looking at his rack laying there. I'm actually looking at the first and still is the biggest buck i've ever killed in south carolina and i killed him back in 95 wow uh that's cool here i've got a here here my double drop time that i killed on my granddaddy's farms literally straight over my head right here and you know i just i can sit here and tell you every deer that i've got mounted in here or a my european mount i can tell you where those deer were killed at when i killed them and you know what was going on but I mean, I, and I'm like, no, I mean, I would, 
I would rather grow a deer and get to know him. And and to get to know a deer down here in the south is real special. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> he gets blistered as soon as he walks somewhere he don't need to be be at. But you know, and I've got one. I've got a I've got a special deer that made it this season. And believe it or not, this deer will be. I believe he is going to be six and a half years old, and that is very special for the state of South Carolina. Oh yeah, and uh, he's 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 going to be a beast. Um, so he's going to be a, be a he's going to be a real special deer. Let's put it that way. I don't think he's going to score real high, but but super super heavy. Man, that is that is really cool, and and uh, I agree to all that. I think there, there's just so many ways that you can you can uh, I guess we say honor the animal, right? And uh, I've also yep. heard the argument that it makes no difference to them. We kill them, <laughs> but but uh, yep. no, I I I agree though. I'm of the camp that it's like you know what? If a guy was going to tag me, I'd hope he'd. Uh, get some use out of my hide and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, really, uh, brine up my back straps well. And, <laughs> but, but, uh, I think that, that there's definitely some, some, uh, good, some good thoughts there that, that are including that, you know, one thing I want to say here is, and this is no knock on this person. I do not have any judgment against them. In fact, some ways I think maybe they are, they have tapped into a more, a more pure form of hunting maybe in some way, but, but they did, they do the exact opposite. This person has hunted for decades and they, um, I actually interviewed him on the podcast once. Now people are going to go back looking to see who it was and uh, just a great guy. And uh, when I, after I did the interview, as I normally do, as I'll do to you guys, uh, I asked, Hey, would you mind sending me some grip and grins that I can uh, look through to feature along with uh, your interview? And uh, he was like, uh, I don't have any. I was like, well, you you know, you just grab a, I mean, this guy's killed elk. He's killed mule deer. He's killed moose. He's killed, I mean, whitetails, of course. He's he's a great hunter. And I'm like, what do you, you I mean, that's okay. You know, maybe it was a long time ago. You didn't, you know, didn't have cell phones around then or whatever. You can, you know, just grab a rack off the wall and get a picture with it or stand by a, a, He's like, oh, I guess I, I don't have any. I, I was like, what do you mean you don't have any? He's like, I guess I just kind of threw, threw them away over the years. And I'm like, what? What are wow. you talking about, yeah. man? And, but to him, you know, it was just, it was 100% about the adventure and grocery shopping in the woods. You know, he was, he was, he was out there to to get meat, and that that's it. And so, you know, if somebody, if somebody's uh. Of that, I I mean, I could, I just, to me, I enjoy the antler side of it just as much. I'll be honest, just as much as I do the meat side of it. Now, if somebody, if somebody, uh, after I have a buck on the ground and someone put a gun to my head and said, you got to take one, you know, the, the rack or the meat. I'm not trying to sound pious here or anything, but just because of, I think what it means to the rest of my family you know, I'd probably take the meat and, uh, and yep. what it, what it, what it means to me too. I, I love eating it. I think it, I think it improves my, my health and my family's health, of course, to be eating that. But, um, 
I mean, <laughs> I agree. I think that the the trophy side of it, right? That dangerous, dirty word within hunting is such an important part of it. And from, I mean, from a competitive drive side of things, I mean, it goes hand in hand. It's why the Boone and Crockett Club has been actually a good thing is it's encouraged people. I mean, how many times have you and Noel used the word tonight, mature? It's encouraged people to pursue those older age class animals and therefore making the herd healthier. It's encouraged people to get out there and do supplemental feeding or mineral provision. And I know you got to be careful with that stuff too, you know, where you're doing it, how you're doing it. You You know, that's not a mindless thing, but I just think that there is something to be said for the trophy side of pursuing game that makes it something that keeps us going back and keeps us wanting to pass it on to others and include others. You know, I just gained a lifetime shed hunter tonight because she picked up a big five point side (laughs) and she's excited to put it on her dresser in her, in her bedroom, you know, and how could you not say that shed hunting is not a, trophy component of hunting you know it absolutely is so yeah. uh i think oh, yeah. i think it's a good point that you make there heath all right well i'm excited to ask for these gripping grins i'm also excited uh to see what ends up happening for your turkey seasons this year so uh those of you tuning in you can see the uh, sights and sounds of all these incredible stories by simply getting onto Instagram or Facebook and following along with these guys. And uh, as we wrap this one up, one of the best ways to follow along is by uh, checking out Buck Ventures, the Woodsman series, which you can find on my outdoor TV. Is that, isn't that correct? Isn't that the best place to find the Woodsman series? And that's it. You know, it's like, it's the only place. So make sure yep. you subscribe. I am a subscriber to uh, my outdoor TV. I love watching Buck Ventures Woodsman series. Great content. Um, another great reason why uh, uh, I've enjoyed getting to know Heath and Noel is we are all brothers in Christ. And uh, so the the Woodsman series um, uh, definitely highlights that side of uh, what, buck ventures is all about and uh their founder uh, jeff danker is all about and so uh just a ton to love about that program and uh get a look forward to some incredible content like uh seeing old high tower uh hit the dirt and so um I'm excited to see that, and uh, you should be too. Uh, where can uh, people follow you guys? Can you guys share your uh, Instagram handles real quick? Noel, you first. Everything everything that I have, Twitter and Insta and Facebook, it's all at Noel Gandy. And so it's it's pretty pretty straightforward. Very good. So at Noel Gandy, and that is not Noah Grandy. That's Noel. Not Noah Grandy. <laughs> that would be... <laughs> that would be my alias. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Maybe man. I need to make a burner account. A burner <laughs> account that'd be Noel Grandy. <laughs> no, Noel Gandy, N-O-E-L-G-A-N-D-Y. <laughs> That's right. You'll see you'll yeah. see the name nice and clear on this episode, right in the title. So look up at Noel Gandy. And then Heath, how do people find you? 
my mine i'm just like noel you know we're just simple people mine is uh at heath rayfield on you know instagram heath rayfield on on facebook and I, that's the only two that i have i don't do the the twitter and the tiktoks or whatever else you know i don't do all that but um <laughs> yep mine's my oh, don't let him fool you. Yeah, he's got a TikTok. He does. He does lip sync challenges all the time. Things like that. <laughs> well, you know, I've seen enough of Benson. I've seen enough of Benson's performances on uh, on Instagram or wherever. Sometimes I uh, share some of that. Man, he could be a uh, TikTok star for sure. He he yeah, is going to be the next the next woodsman personality. That's for sure. <laughs> he has a great Instagram story. He he's a great follow on Instagram stories. Yeah. Yeah, for he, sure. He uh, he's the mess now. That's for sure. <laughs> oh man, that reminds me. As we close this one up, you got to go back into the archives a little bit on Heath's profile. But I think it was what was it maybe two years ago? After what did he do? He just shot a turkey or shot a doe or something, and he kind of gave his little uh, sermon there, his little sermonette, I guess you'd call it on why people need to get out into the outdoors. <laughs> yeah, well, he had just shot his first deer. That's what it was. Okay. And, and, yeah, and he he just, and I, and it wasn't, you know, that's, uh, that's the thing with him. It's not that I'm, like, sitting there behind the camera saying, hey, do this. I just turned the camera on, and <laughs> he turned around and looked. Just get outside. All you got to do is get outside. You don't know if you go get in your stand. You don't know if you'll shoot a deer, a hog, or I don't remember what else he said. <laughs> you know, squirrels, a turkey. Yes, <laughs> yeah. And I said, "Hey, bud, well, what'd you shoot?" He said, "Oh, I shot deer." <laughs> <laughs> guys, guys, get outside. I mean, it's just, it's just get outside. So um, I can't remember what he did something this year. I actually told Cole the other day, Noel, that if he could find the clip, he had shot one of his deer this year, and where he was talking or whatever, and and he gets up and he goes to walk over to me. He said, "Give me a fist bump, Daddy," and he gives me a fist bump. <laughs> turns around and looks at the ca- fist bumps the camera. Said, "That's the one for you two guys." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the future of outdoor television, oh, right there, Benson. Benson Rayfield, you heard it here mm-hmm. on the First Gen Hunter podcast. He is going to be the next big thing in the outdoor world. So, well, guys, it is always a treat. And uh, I'm serious. Make sure you uh, send a text or something, some kind of smoke signal if you make it to Iowa this year. Heath, love to catch up with you. And Noel, we need we need to get together maybe around turkey time or something like that, or maybe we can sneak in one more shed hunt yet uh, before uh, things green up too much here in the next few weeks. But always good talking with you, fellas. Well, I did a I, I did you a little too. trespassing on some of your ground last year oh, and man. found a turkey gobbler. So if if you need help with him, you just call. Hey, I may do that. I'm already <laughs> I'm already talking with uh, talking with my dad on uh, getting that trip lined up again. That's kind of turned into a nice little uh, tradition there with him and my son. And uh, there are great. some turkeys running around there. Uh, Jake, my brother Jake, and I we were down there shed hunting. Um, oh, about a week ago, and um, there is we saw a couple turkeys. So. Yeah, it might be a might be a good thing to get together on and see if we can uh, drop a long beard. But 
Uh, always good guys always good talking to you thanks so much for coming on be sure you follow along with them and also buck ventures and buck ventures the woodsman i will share instagram handles for both of those pages in the show notes on this episode and uh, don't forget about brandon don't forget about alex follow along with east west hunts and uh, don't forget the old promo code first gen 10 to save yourself on a premium hunt planning service alex has been scooping up the customers left and right here lately staying really busy with that so if you want to get in on the action make sure you do so but again don't forget to tell them i sent you there by using the promo code first gen 10 and uh you know what Get over to thehuntfishlife.com as well. And uh, also check in on the social media pages for uh, Brandon and his crew out there in Delaware. All sorts of good stuff being shared on there. A lot of things that will make you laugh or shake your head. And uh, uh, it just makes hunting the hunting community a brighter spot and when you're done checking out all these other fine fellers and their pages head over to firstgenhunter.com and uh, you can find my links there as well love interacting with you guys keep it up keep it up love hearing from you and until next time take care and take someone hunting